good morning, everyone. Special greetings to Pastor and his wife, all the leadership, the elders, deacons. Amen. Uh, for me, it has been interesting observation as I follow through the teaching in the book of John. I remember very well in the past two Sundays, uh, pastor spoke about worship. Then this past Sunday, he spoke about God who revealed himself. And I treat today's message as the continuity to what has been shared last Sunday. I should have uh, titled it, God who revealed his will. Today we are going to talk about the importance of God's will in our life. The importance of understanding the will of God within the context of John chapter 4. If you may read John chapter 4, Verse number 31 to verse number 42. Uh, let me read. John chapter 4, verse number 31 to verse number 38. This is where we are going to focus. The Bible says in NIV, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't we have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps throws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. That's the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I send you to reap what we have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and we have reaped the benefit of their labor. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You know, for the past two weeks, I've been wrestling, trying to understand this passage, it was like it's the first time I read it, even up to this morning, I'm still wrestling to understand it, but I've tried to put down a few ideas which I believe God wants to convey into your heart as well. As I read this passage, I've realized how important the will of God was to Jesus in a way that for him, that was the main 
priority. And it is my prayer this morning as I share the word of God that you will also learn to prioritize the will of God in your life. In verse number 34, as he conversed with his disciples, then he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. My food is to do the will. He called the will of God his food. That's what nourishes him. That's what satisfies him. The will of God. And when we read in this chapter, from the beginning of chapter 4, you can trace the footprint, the fingerprint of the will of God. You can see for him to go through this city of Samaria, it was God directed. It was not by coincidence. When you read in verse number 4, the Bible says, Jesus said to go through Samaria, uh, even meeting the Samaritan woman was, was by a divine appointment. It was all God's perfect will. And for the disciples to understand and to grab what was happening at that moment, their attention was somewhere else. But through this passage and this conversation, Jesus heard with them. He also wants to enlighten us how important to understand his will is. Because at the end of it all, God will reward those who have remained faithful in doing his will. Doesn't the Bible say it's not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of God. And I like the way Jesus approached ministry. The way he understood people. The way he interacted with people. Jesus understood the context of his audience. If we are to grab the will of God, understand it, and able to apply it, we are called to minister to a certain audience. The audience is critical because that all makes the difference. I'm here today, if I am to describe the audience I, I, I'm trying to reach to, it's quite different from the audience I'm used to minister to. You know, when I, 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 I relocated from KZN to here, I, I've, I wanted to do things the way I used to do them in KZN. But there were good brothers and sisters who approached me. And they said, brother, you are no longer now in KZN. The context is different here. You need to align yourself with the context as well. So Jesus was so relevant. He understood the context of his audience. He was able to conceptualize his ministry and the message. We, we, we may have the most powerful message, but miss the target. If you are not able to become relevant. And each person is unique. Each ministry is different. 
So it's, it's important that we ask God to help us. As much as we have this powerful Jesus, we have this powerful message, but how do we make it relevant? How do we make it part of our lives? It's another thing to come to church and be part of the audience who warm the pews. But it's a different story again to seek the will of God. To say, Lord, whatever you do, don't do it without me. And try to be relevant. Look at the development of this conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. I won't go so much back. I think, uh, uh, Sister, Le, 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 I call him Le, Leon, Leni, explained it very well, the context. Jesus spoke about water. Then she, she was some sort of interested, wanted to hear more. But as the conversation continued, Jesus took her from the natural water. Then he said, I am the source of the living water. Because Jesus understood the context. In verse number 10, he says, if you knew the gift of God, who is, who is it that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water, from the natural water, from what this lady understood, then Jesus conversed with her from that point, then took her to what she didn't understand. That calls for wisdom. That calls for understanding, understanding the context. You know, at times, I feel like as, as, as believers who love the Lord, we sometimes make a mistake. We are so much on fire for the Lord. We want to see everyone coming to Jesus. In a way that even in our presentation of the gospel, we are so forceful. We want to see them turning to the Lord now. But Jesus was so relaxed. He took time. Wanted to understand her perspective. How does she understand? Then from that understanding, which was contextualized, he was able to introduce her to a, mer, to a more better water, which he calls the living water. In this conversation, as we look at verse number 31 to verse number 34, I've made some observations. In verse number 31, my observation is, disciples were so concerned about the physical food. They were just like me. Rest assured, next week Sunday, I cancel every appointment. I'll be here. <laughs> Those will be some roads and food. <laughs> Don't be surprised if I invite 20 more people with me. <laughs> so the disciples were, were, were human beings like me and you. They had their own interest. They've put so much effort going, looking for the place to find food. Then when they came back, the Bible tells us they noticed that Jesus, the rabbi, is speaking with a woman, a woman. But the Bible tells us they did not say anything or ask any question. But anyway, they addressed their main concern. Lord, we have traveled 
search for food. Why don't you eat? But Jesus in verse number 32 says, I have food you do not know about. He introduced the food they do not know. May the Lord grant us favor and an open heart which is, which is willing to learn all the time from the Lord. For them, it was also an opportunity to learn. That as much as the physical food is important, but there's also another food that they had to pay attention. What type of food is this? And before they answer, before they wonder, because they were asking one another, the Bible said they were asking each other, maybe someone overtook us and took our role and served Jesus. What happened? Jesus, knowing exactly without them telling him, he addressed the issue of food. Then he says, my food is to do the will of God. Jesus engaged with them from their level of understanding. For me, sometimes this is the, it is a challenge, the most difficult task to understand people where they are. I want people I minister to to have the same understanding as I am. To understand the word of God the very same as I am. But in real life, it's not like that. You know, when we are so used to be among the Christians, you share the verses, you attend the Bible study, you, you, you read all these wonderful books, all this worship, all these big sermons, you, 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 you think everyone has the same understanding as you. But Jesus had to come down, if I may say so. Because it was critical for him to reach out, especially to this woman, but also now where we are reading, to his disciples. Because they also, as much as they spent time with him, but they were not on the same wavelength in the spiritual understanding. They were not operating on the same dimension. Unfortunately, for most of the pastors, it's still the challenge today. You know, <laughs> as a pastor, you, you, you will be passionate, praying, uh, getting all this understanding, getting all this revelation, dream. You, you know the life of a pastor, almost 80% of his life, he thinks about the church. And the church is not these four walls. It's you. He's worried how things are going with that one. How can I solve his or her problems? Then he will pray. He will see this big vision. God taking the ministry to another level. But it becomes a challenge when you minister to people who, are, who operate, who understand on a different level. Who are not on the same dimension as you. So it is my plea and my prayer that if we are a member of Hope City Church, don't just sit back and watch things happening. One thing I admire about this church is their, is their recognition of the gift, the talents which God has planted in this ministry. And we have no reason to hide. Anyway, 
looking at the number of gaps here, there's no place to hide. <laughs> you can't hide. You can run, but you cannot hide. So there's no reason to be afraid and to wonder, what is it that God wants me to do? I admire the openness of the leadership in this church. But my plea to you is stop hiding. Come forth and be part of what the Lord is doing. It's so wonderful because when they were asking each other, where did he get the food? Jesus was able to understand because he was God in the flesh. He could understand their thoughts there, whatsoever. As much as we as pastors today would like to understand exactly what is in your mind, but at times God has hardly given us that ability. Unless you come up, you speak up, you say, this is what God has laid. If there's anything you don't understand, you come and ask the leadership so that you are able to be part and parcel of what God is doing. So Jesus engage with them from their level of understanding. I like the approach of Jesus to ministry. You know when he spoke with this uh, woman? Yeah, I've said that from natural water to supernatural. And look when he approached his disciples. Conversation developed from the food that fed the body to the, to the supernatural food which is to do the will of God. I was taken back to the first time where Jesus called the first disciples. He found them fishing. Eh? The Bible tells us. So, then they were fishing. Then he called them from what they were doing. He said, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. From what they knew, what they were used to. He wanted them to use the very same skill, the very same knowledge, the very same experience, but now direct it towards, the, the, towards fishing for men, towards what's going to benefit the kingdom of God. You know, you may be sitting here, then you think, hey, you know, doing the work of God is only for those who are called to do it. And you, 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 you think with all the knowledge, the skills, the education, the experience you have, you don't know how to marry it towards the purpose of God. But God used the skill they already had. You know what frustrates me the most? with some of the churches is when the church, the ministry, becomes a one-man show. Because that's not how the Bible portrays the ministry to be. When it's a one-man show, it means that man, that superman, that strong man, that powerful man has to know everything. Then I become frustrated. Because that means whatsoever other gifts and calling are not recognized. But if we are here and you love this church, I want to tell you, you are blessed. Because this is the ministry 
which desire to see you become actively involved in the work of God. You may look at yourself and think, oh, oh, me, who am I? I'm not even super spiritual. I don't even speak in tongues. I don't even understand the Bible. I don't know where, who, even how to pray properly. But you may have that education. You may have that skill. You may have that experience which you can bring to the table and make it useful for the expansion of God's kingdom. You know, people who have caused a great impact in the ministry, very often it's not those who get the stage, but it's those who are behind the scenes. Those who are not recognized. Those who work tirelessly. Those who pray without knowing, without anyone knowing, very often are the ones who cause great impact in the ministry. So it is my prayer that will be courageous to ask God for wisdom, to understand his will and be able to, to contextualize it. We need to be relevant as we align ourselves with the will of God. You know, when, when we, the, the first time we mentioned the will of God, very often in my mind, I want to think about something out of this world. I want to think about something that I've never seen, I've never experienced. But the word of God is so simple. It's just that it's us. Who wants to complicate it? Because God very often is so direct. He will speak to you. He will tell you, this is what I want you to do, but you will allow your fears to take over and overpower you. Look at Jesus when you read in verse number 34, part 2, where he says, My food is to do the will of God and finish his work. And finish his work. Because Jesus was so clear about his mission. There is nothing exciting to me like to understand exactly what God wants me to do. In my early years as a child of God, most of my prayers and fastings I used to take was about, Lord, help me to understand your purpose for my life. And since I came to understood it, I feel like I'm a free man. Because I understand what's God's calling, what's God's purpose, what's God's mission for my life. Jesus was so focused on his mission it is important to be focused when doing the work of God. There are so many distractions. Those who have, who have sought, who desire to serve, they will tell you. The other times, they will come here up front to be prayed for because we have this special feeling and understanding that God wants you to be involved. But as soon as you walk out that door, the distraction is waiting for you. 
and wants to delay the voice of God upon your life, you must never allow the distraction to take over. Jesus says, and my task is to finish his work. Jesus was so determined to fulfill the will of God. There's my favorite verse in, in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse number 24. It says, however I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has, has given to me, the task of testis, testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I want you to think about this uh, few ideas as we as we move on. I believe that we are called to do the will of God. We are called to serve. And the question you may not have to answer it now is what is your commitment? to the will of God. Are you actively involved in the work of God? Even after service, you are welcome to think about this scripture. This kind of commitment Paul had that even when he, he looked at his life, for him it weighed nothing. It was useless. Unless he is actively involved in finishing the race, in doing the work of God, which was for him was to testify about the grace of God. In the next slide, I've just realized that there is this spelling mistake. You know, I'm reminded <laughs> of the preacher while in the middle of preaching. He was not like me. He was so much on fire for the Lord preaching. Then he said, yes, Abraham climbed on the tree and Jesus came and said, Abraham, come down because today I must enter into your house. Then one observant member in the, in, in, in the congregation said, No, preacher, it was Zacchaeus, not Abraham. Then the preacher, okay, say, Abraham, come down. Zacchaeus, climb the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think as much as, is that the matter, the matter of C, the letter C? Let's bring the letter C down and put S on the tree. <laughs> So that we really find the meaning that we need to take hold of the opportunity. We must grab the opportunity. <laughs> it's interesting with Jesus. Eh? He, he, he will call you to do something, but also make sure that he provides opportunities for you so that we have a platform to fulfill his will for your life. Isn't it, isn't it so amazing? Eh? 
Verse, 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 verse. Hey, you know in verse number 35, Jesus says, the fields are ripe for harvest. Verse 35, the part where he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Open your eyes. Verse 35. Don't we have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I wanted to highlight the issue of four months until the harvest. Because it's like there had to be a waiting period. But in this particular case, that was the proverb, which means something like, harvest cannot be rushed. But as this Samaritan woman, who used to be a lone ranger, who used to be the reject, look at her influence. As she comes now, she is not alone. He comes with the people from surrounding town in Samaria. Then Jesus says, look at the harvest. Jesus, look at the field. Jesus is pointing to her and the people who were coming with her. Isn't God so great? Even those who, 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 who feel that they don't belong, when they encounter Jesus, it becomes a difference. Look at the influence now. She comes with a crowd. I want to be like this woman. Even today, I consider myself as the most shy guy. For me to greet you, <laughs> it may take lots of effort. For me to approach a stranger and want to pray for him or her, it takes lots of energy. But, but when Christ is in it, when is the one who gives strength? When is the one who guides and leads? It becomes possible. So that was the case. Then Jesus says, look at the, at the, at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. In, in, in other words, as, you, as we look at this saying, naturally there has to be a waiting period. But now it's like Jesus says, I'm breaking all the rules. I'm breaking the protocols. What was supposed to delay, now is the time. Whatever delays, you, you know, one word from Jesus. You know, some of us experience unnecessary delays. Because at times, we want to manage and control our lives, our movement we find it very difficult to align ourselves with the will of God. But once you are aligned, there is something called favor. Most preachers say favor is not fair. Because whatever, there are things that will take time for you to achieve. Favor is able to shift the, the time and make things happen now which are supposed to happen after five years, after some time. That's the blessing we have. Many times. 
I rely on God's favor. I've learned not to depend on myself. I've learned not to trust my resources. I've learned not to trust my abilities. Because when you walk with Jesus and you are aligned with his will, some of the things will just happen. And Jesus says to his disciples, look now, you don't have to look any further. The fields are ripe for harvest. You, you, you know, in, in, in olden days, there was so much mobilization of missionaries that will come to Africa to minister the word of God. But now laws and things have changed now. People wanted to go to the mission field, even from South Africa, some would want to go somewhere in Egypt or any, anywhere in parts of the world. But what God is doing now, he has brought the mission field to us. In our day, it's easy to meet a person from Zimbabwe right at your, do at your doorstep. You'll meet a person from Somalia right at your doorstep. You'll go to the shop. The shop owner or the one who sells in the shop is from, is from Somalia or is from somewhere in the world. We are so privileged that we don't have to look further for us to be effective in doing the word of God is right in our doorsteps. I realize this, brother, Tabis, man. I wanted to go and reach out to the community, which is so far away from where I stay at Croydon. But as I pray and think about it and walk on the balcony, I saw hundreds of cars with lots of young people and old people having their cooler box with lots of beautiful bottles. I don't know what is inside. <laughs> but I, I, I took note that after they consume whatever is inside the bottles, they become so happy. And I, I'm the kind of person who likes happiness. <laughs> so, then I felt my heart, why should I want to go 30 kilometers away to reach out for people, whereas God has brought so many people right in our front gate. Then as I think about it, I said, no, these people are my mission field. They've come here at their own expenses. And they are so faithful. From Friday, Saturday until Sunday, every evening they are there. <laughs> I don't need to worry about the budget. Then I collected some gospel of John books, put my, my, my contact details inside. I organized three young people to come alongside. So we just go out. Don't preach to them, but pray for them. Then the, that day came, those young people were not there. I was the only one. But I said, Lord, let me give this a try. And it was interesting. As I moved from, how, from 
car to car. Offering them prayer. You know, some were sharing interesting stories. I remember one of, one of them says, you know, at this time I'm, I'm going through the series. I'm watching the series on the book of Revelation. And most of these, these people, they grew up from church. We are not offering them a new message. They are, they are, they, they, they are the feet right in our front gate, brother. And I, I desire to continue to reach out to them. But as I close, I'm asking myself, what could be the possible role I need to play in order to cease, to grab, to make use of the opportunity? Maybe it's not all of us who are brave who are so courageous to go out and approach people. I, I read one of the posts from my friend in Facebook. Then he said, not everyone can go to the mission field, but everyone is expected by God to be a player in what is going on in missions. Then I said, maybe you are here this morning. The best role you can play is to pray for the harvest of souls. You know, for those of us who seem, who look to be very, to be very active <laughs> in doing outreaches, very often we'll neglect the ministry of prayer. We are worried about projects, about programs, about the next move. But there's a huge gap. There's a huge need for somebody to stand on the gap and pray for the work of God. For the church to grow, it's not only the ministry. We may preach the word of God so accurately, so clear, so profound. But without the prayers, without you praying for the church, not only in Sunday, make time. Assign yourself specific time on a particular day. We say, this hour, these five minutes, I just want to pray for our pastor and his family. I just want to pray for the projects which are going on at the church. Maybe some of us, they are courageous. Like I may be, we are that person who reach out and share the good news. You, you may think it is, but it, it requires God's call and his hand upon your life to do that. But you should not be afraid. Maybe you, you, you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself, hey, you know now, I have to have a word with Pastor Clendon now, because now he begins to bring People like Sipiwe now who speak things we don't understand and we don't want to hear. Maybe you're sitting here and God has trusted you with the resources. Think about it. What role can you play 
What is it that you need to do with your resources to make this ministry move forward? All I'm asking for is that you pray about the role you need to play. Pray about it. Allow God to speak to your heart. If you are not sure, come forward to the leadership and say, please pray with me. If you feel that God is saying something to you, come forward and share so that you'll be courageous. You'll get guidance. You'll get encouragement. Would you agree with the Holy Spirit about the role he wants you to play. Very often, Holy Spirit is very specific. Jesus says to his disciples, look at the field. They are ripe for harvest. What else they needed to guess? Because for them, they had to go to the field and minister. Reach out, explain things. These Samaritans, they could not understand. And as soon as they did that, the Bible tells us, they're very Samaritans. They ask him, Lord, will you please stay for more two days? Because we want to hear more. We want to learn more from you. We must seize the opportunity and agree with God. As I sat down, preparing to come to the fort, I felt that it will not be good for me to share this message and have no commitment in the practical sense. And I was saying to myself, maybe I may not do much, but I don't think I will fail to get a pamphlet with the name of the church and the address as I go to the shop. I'm not telling any, anyone about Jesus. Eh? I will just want to reserve maybe in a month, one hour to go to a nearby shopping center. Just hand out a pamphlet with the name of Hope City Church. Invite people. I'm, am I praying? No, I'm not praying for them. I'm not telling them about any Jesus. I'm just giving them an opportunity to be informed that there is a ministry going on in this street. Is that too much to ask? Is it an impossible task to do? Eh? I don't think it's difficult. Let me pray as you think about it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. You are such a wonderful God. Thank you for this morning, for your word which speaks to our heart. I pray that you will continue to speak to us, even to those who say, Lord, we are available, use us in any way you want to. Thank you, Lord. I speak your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for this.